1: sports rap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. Dave Rink here with you as the host as usual. Uh, Megan here sitting to my left always a lovely co-host. Megan how you doing today?
0: I'm doing great thank you.
1: Well that's great to hear and uh, we actually have a special guest in the house and uh, his name's Blake Brogan. Blake? How you doing? I'm excellent. Thanks for having me on, Dave. Uh, not a problem at all. Blake, it's a pleasure to have you on uh, since you're going to be flying off to Europe here in uh, two weeks. Got to get you on the show now, right? Getting the, getting some experience in. No, that's right. Uh, you have a good weekend, Megan? Anything exciting or maybe a lot of work?
0: <laughs> hey, you know how it is. I'm in my last week of work before I move back to school, so I've been working every day and I am working the rest of the week, too, so... <laughs>
1: No, That's good, though. Um, It has been gorgeous outside. If anyone has not been outside yet today, it is a beautiful day out there. Little breeze, um, just perfect weather. I'll take this weather every day of the week. But uh, Blake, did you have a good weekend? You said you were in Pittsburgh.
2: Yep, got to to drive like 800 miles this weekend, so it was was quite a... Quite a, quite a trip, but I got to uh, check on some uh, Lions, some Tigers, and so I, I, I stayed up with it. Good. So it, was, it was a fun
1: week. All updated for this great show. Uh, we have a lot to get to on today's show. Uh, a lot happening in the sports world here. Definitely going to be talking about the Tigers and how they fared this last week against the Indians and the Orioles. Now only two and a half games ahead of the Cleveland Indians. Also going to be talking about a trade that went down today. Tigers acquiring a new player. Uh, we will definitely be getting to that. Also a lot to talk about with the Detroit Lions. Played their first preseason game here on Friday against the Cincinnati Cincinnati, uh, Cincinnati Bengals and look fantastic. Absolutely demolished them. We'll also get some PGA Championship news, some Tiger Woods there for you. Uh, Keegan Bradley, who uh, won his first major here uh, on Sunday. We'll also got some NASCAR for you. A great race um, and a little, uh, little you know, Hall of Fame. Uh, Dennis Rodman was inducted here on Friday. Have a uh, little quotes for him and what he had to say regarding his Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame induction. But we are going to start with the Detroit Tigers baseball. Forty two games left for the Detroit Tigers, so we really are getting. The crunch time, middle of August. You know this is the toughest month in my opinion. August. I know September is one of the mo- is also a really tough month. But I think the dog days right now you really see it start to wear on teams. And like I was saying, the Detroit Tigers are right now 64 and 56, two and a half games up on the Cleveland Indians, and they are four games ahead of the Chicago White Sox. With Minnesota really back there now at 11 and a half games back, and Kansas City <laughs> completely out of it at 14 and a half games back. So right now with the Tigers. They had an interesting road trip, uh, nonetheless. They played well enough. They were 5-4 and four on this road trip, which is nice to win any tough nine-game road trip like they had. But real fast, I do want to get to the series against Cleveland, Tuesday through Thursday. They had Monday off this uh, last week, so they had a nice day of rest. Tuesday, they had to go to Cleveland, and Tuesday's game, if you did not catch it, was a fantastic game of baseball. This was a long game of baseball. It had a two-hour rain delay in it, and then they got to baseball. Started off in the third inning, so basically Pfister, and uh, I forget who was starting for Cleveland that night. Do you remember, Blake? Um... No, it'll come it, to me, it, Yeah. Nonetheless, Pfister and the other starter for Cleveland, they only pitched two innings, and we started the bullpen in the third. And the bullpens for the Indians and the Tigers were absolutely phenomenal. Pitched scoreless innings through almost 11 straight innings. This game, though, had a very anticlimactic uh, anticlimactic and a very upsetting finish to it, um, with David Pauly coming in there and plunking Fukudome to walk in the winning run. Bases were loaded at that point. He hit Fukudome on the arm, and there's your game. Uh, 14 innings, Tigers lose 3-2. to two. Uh, Very tough loss to start the series off. Exhausted the bullpen. Um, even though the bullpen, in my opinion, was fantastic. Uh, with b out there, Schlereth looked great. Coke looked great. Um, you could go down the line. The bullpen looked fantastic for Detroit, which really was a good thing to see. Uh, looking at Wednesday's game real fast, which was a game... You really want to forget uh, the Cleveland Indians had their way with us. Porcello only went three and two thirds, gave up eight earned runs, 11 hits, uh, which was, uh, he just got, he got roughed up. And uh, Ubaldo Jimenez um, had a fantastic outing, Um, you know, really pitched great went eight innings only gave up three runs, really good outing for Jimenez. Porcello though, like I said, really struggled. Um, You know, he has pitched well, pitched very well over his last six starts. He's had five quality starts out of his last six outings. So I'm not going to be too hard on this kid for having a bad outing against uh, against the Indians. Porcello will be going tonight against the Twins, so that is something I look forward to, to see how Porcello bounces back in this upcoming series with the Minnesota Twins. Uh, going to Thursday real fast, though, so in a game that we had to win, in my opinion, you already had lost two games to the Indians here. You lose that game on Thursday. The Indians are only one game back of us. But who do we have on the mound? Justin Verlander, Mr. Automatic, went seven innings, gave up three Three earned runs, three hits, had ten strikeouts, which was great, and only uh, and three base on balls, so not too bad with the walks. Uh, Verlander again. The Tigers love playing one run games. They absolutely love it. Their last eight wins have come by one run, oh which my. is absolutely incredible. They've become the San Francisco Giants. Of the American League, uh, but no it 's good to see a team win close it 's a great quality to have in a ball club to be able to win close games at the same time you don 't always want these games being this close you can 't always count on squeaking them out like I said, we lost three to two in a loss the day you know on Tuesday, so you want to be careful with these games again, another one run victory Friday night, we started a series off against Baltimore at Camden Yard. They won five to four, Penny doing what he usually does, gives up roughly four in runs and They get the win. He did good enough to win. The Tigers had enough offense to win this game. You know, Penny, 8-9 and now. Who knows? We might have four pitchers here soon enough with 10 wins plus. So uh, nice to see Penny finally get back to form, at least his kind of form. Uh, so uh, not too bad from Brad Penny. Saturday, in my opinion, the best game of the series. Um, this was a fantastic ball game. The Detroit Tigers get down five runs uh, very early, five runs in the second. Uh, Max Scherzer gives up a three-run knock and a two-run knock. So it's not like they were getting a ton of hits on us, but very untimely home runs some pitches he did not locate exactly where he wanted them and when you get down five nothing early I never say it's over by no means it's over it's five nothing if you're in the sixth and the seventh that's a different ball game but when you're looking at a game in the second inning there's a lot of time left and the Tigers really got it done had a beautiful Beautiful sixth-run inning. Well, not, excuse me, five-run inning in the sixth. Um, started off by a great uh, two-run shot by Miguel Cabrera uh, with two outs. Mags gets a double, gets on base. Cabrera really starts this rally, in my opinion, with the two-run homer. And then just singles from Martinez, Peralta, Avila, Rayburn finally driving in the two runs, the the go-ahead runs. Um, a fantastic inning. And I want to give more credit not to the offense but to Max Scherzer, to a guy that got so touched up in the second inning. I I, had the feeling, I didn't know if he'd get out of the fourth. You know, for someone to struggle so much in one inning, it usually gets to the pitcher mentally, and they end up getting yanked. But Scherzer locked it down. He went seven innings, gave up seven hits, four earned runs, ten strikeouts, and no walks. Um, he looked absolutely exhausted after the end of the seventh. But he gave everything in his tank, and with that, he got the win. And I just want to congratulate Max Scherzer for one of the most gutsy performances I've seen from our pitchers this season. And looking to Sunday... (laughs) All right, a game you want to forget as well. Um, the Tigers got lit up. They got down eight to one at one point. Doug Fister, Pfister, drew really not getting it done. 12 hits. He gave up six earned runs. Two of those runs were unearned. He only went three and a third. Um, did not do a good job at all, uh, Doug Fister. And, you know, Fister kind of a question mark, because he did give up two earned runs as well in Tuesday's game against the Indians before the rain delay. So you kind of start to wonder. I mean, 12 hits, six earned in that little time. I mean, Baltimore's not the most offensively amazing team in the league. And to see Fister really struggle like that kind of bothers me. But, uh, you know, Megan, I want to go to you real fast. Um, you know, like I said, we have a two-and-a-half game lead right now on, on, on Cleveland, um, which isn't bad. It's only two-and-a-half because actually the game yesterday got postponed due to rain uh, for Cleveland. So looking ahead here, we're playing the Twins for a three-game series at home. Then we play the Indians for another three-game series looking at how this team fared against the Indians and the Orioles 5 and 4 overall on the road trip how do you feel about the tigers at this point
0: it's a little up in the air, I guess. When we were talking about it last week against the Indians, we were saying they were going to win two out of three. I yeah. think all three of us did. Uh, yes. And you know they just couldn't pull it through. One of those times, you know, we we said the first one they probably weren't going to win, and then we said the next two they wouldn't, and it just it's a little scary that we had to throw Justin Berlander up on the mound in order for us to pull off a win, and it wasn't even you know a ten to five game or something. It was a close one again. Yes, um, very close. And with the Orioles, too, I mean, we kind of struggled with them, and they aren't, you know, as I said before, they aren't the greatest team in the MLB. And no, well,
1: actually, yeah, they have the worst record exactly. in Major League Baseball right now.
0: I guess I was being nice. Yes, very um, nice. I it, They just need to, and you said pitching's getting better. I am seeing the that. The bullpen has
1: looked great. Yes,
0: it's looking great. The only the only thing I've seen was Pfister did struggle a little bit, and, you know, for Leland to keep him in there that, that long, eh, probably not. We probably should have pulled him a little sooner, but... Um, the twins shouldn't be a problem. We shouldn't have, we shouldn't struggle with them at all with how how we've been. We shouldn't be the team that we've had in the last two series. Mm-hmm. I don't know where that came from. We should be the team before that. Well, I
1: mean, I don't think the the, the Baltimore series was a bad series. No. I think the Tigers actually played well in that series even though they got down early yeah. on Saturday. I think overall
0: They've always struggled with that though. When they get down early, it's hard for them to come back.
1: It is, and I was very impressed to see them come back on Saturday. The yeah. Indian series is what kind of got to me a little bit, especially Wednesday's night performance. I'm not going to give I'm not going to give blame to anyone on this team for Mm-mm. Tuesday's night's, Tuesday night's loss in that fourteen inning battle. It was a it was a it was a war of a game and it was a war of attrition basically and you know, the Indians got lucky enough, they got the runners on it timely fashion and, you know, I mean we walked the guy to load the bases and unfortunately, you know, you hit Fukudome. Um, that it's an unfortunate thing. But uh, really Wednesday's loss it um, was not a fan of it. I know Yemenez is a really good pitcher, but still, this is a t- you face the Indians. It's a team you, you don't want to really lose to. They're, that's the ones they're chasing us,
0: and they shouldn't struggle against the Indians like they did. I I don't see them doing that. Our run support is phenomenal. I mean, I, it has been lately, even though we've only been winning like six to five or like. Four or five, five four, four, four or three. Yeah, something like that. But I mean, we're pulling it through, and that's the things they should be doing, and they should be doing that against the Indians, seeing as we're only what three. You said three and a half games up. Uh, two two and, and a half, half. games up. See, four it,
1: games up on the White Sox.
0: It's less than it was when we talked last week. What was it three or four last week? Three. I think it was. Um, it was four. It was four. It was four. It see, was see, four going into that series. It, with, with a team that's that close. You know, in a division run like we're in right now, we're saying the White Sox, the Tigers, and the Indians are the three teams we have yes. going right now. You can't be losing games to the team that's in second to you. And that's or at least thing. you don't
1: want to be getting swept. That's well, fair. exactly. Yeah. And,
0: you know, at least they won one out of the three games, but it'd be better if they'd won two out of three games rather than. Oh, of course. You know, and that's the thing is it's a little scary with their performance against the Indians, but they shouldn't have a problem with the Twins. I'm not seeing anything with that. But the Indians, they need to kind of pick it up and start winning two out of three rather than one out of three.
1: Okay. Uh, Blake, you know, I mean, looking ahead, like I said, we're playing the twins. Here in a three-game series, then uh, you know the Indians will come to Comerica Park. How are you seeing the Tigers here this next week?
2: Good. I mean, I really hope that we can get four um, for, from the homestand. I okay. Think, I think we can get two out of three for both. We don't. Have, we only have Verlander going one time, so that you know you pretty much count that in for a win. Instead, so yeah. As it is to say, got to count that one in for a win. But then Usually. hopefully we can get uh, three of the other five. I think. Yeah, I think it's real tough though when we you know we pick up Fister at the deadline and the Indians picked up Jimenez and Fister for us has really really struggled. Um, his ERA is now over six. Yep, of the three games for us. But uh, then Jimenez, you know, is dealing for. For the Indians, so that's that's a little scary for me at this point, um, just knowing that you know we might have we might have lost a little bit at the deadline. So
1: okay, no, I got you there. I mean, looking at tonight's game, uh, that game actually just got underway here, uh, seven o five start time. I'm um, going to be on Fox Sports Detroit if you want to check that out. Um, it's Porcello versus Liriano. and uh, for tonight's game, uh, Liriano he really has struggled uh, when it comes to Detroit. Uh, his last outing here in Detroit, he got absolutely torched um, his last time, and I think Porcello, like I said, five of his last starts he's had quality starts. Um, I know he got lit up on Wednesday against the Indians but I think Porcello will come out tonight and look solid am um, looking at some of the other pitching matchups here for the rest of the series Justin Verlander will face uh, Blackburn on Tuesday tomorrow and Wednesday will be Penny versus Pavano so those are your matchups here for the upcoming series um, uh, really looking ahead as well the Indians I mean this is a series that you know on Friday Saturday Sunday it's gonna be Scherzer Fister Porcello which is who's gonna be going and I know me and you were talking earlier Blake and um, you know like you were saying, I mean, why don't you pose this question? Because we were talking about it, and this was, you know, your your opinion on this, and I want to, I want the listeners to hear this.
2: Okay, so so what I'm saying is, and Leland did this last series, so we have a day off, the day off on Thursday, so Verlander's pitching on Tuesday, which means that he would be ready to go in the five day rotation on Sunday. And yes, he, he would. You know, he's absolutely been a horse, obviously, and winning every game that he pretty much starts. So why why doesn't and managers don't do this all around baseball, but I don't get why they can't put him in a huge game Sunday. Jimenez is starting for Cleveland. Why can't we move Verlander up? And he's scheduled to start on Monday. Why can't we move him up on Sunday with that day off and move Porcello back?
1: And move Porcello back? No, I mean, you definitely could. And uh, I think it, you, you wonder if he in any way is going to mess with this once he fi- once he sees how the team is doing. Like how, how the series goes with Minnesota, and then does he tweak it? You know, if let's say we do struggle with Minnesota, and you know we really need that win because you look at Sunday's game. Yes, Porcello again versus Jimenez. So I mean, Jimenez, excuse me. Um, so that again, it's going to be a rematch of last Wednesday of this last Wednesday's game. So I mean, Megan, do you think that uh, that Leland should move up Verlander to the Sunday start or keep him at Monday? Because I mean, Monday, I forget who we're playing. I, I'll be perfectly honest. I don't know. I think it might be Chicago. But do you think he should be moved up? <laughs>
0: They always say don't question Leland on what he does. Yeah. Uh, uh, um. I mean, I I wish I knew more about you know rotation. Um,
1: well, I mean, he'll he'll be he would be ready to go. Like Blake was saying, with the day off on Thursday, Verlander could go on Sunday. It wouldn't he wouldn't be on three days rest or four days rest or something ridiculous. Mm-hmm. He would have you know the ample amount of time. So, do you think that possibly, or should we wait and see how this next series with the Twins goes?
0: I mean, you might as well wait. Um, you know. Our star pitcher, I guess, if you want to think of him like that, which he pretty much is, uh, can't really overstretch him. You never know how he is. I mean, Verlander's always ready to go no matter where you put him, it Mm -hmm. seems like. Um, I I would say, yeah, probably wait until maybe the end of the series. It still gives you a a couple of days. You can make changes pretty much whenever you want anyway, but... I, w- I would say wait till after this series. Wait
1: till after the series. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree. I mean, if we, I, I think we're gonna really have like we were talking. I think this series is gonna go quite well. Uh, you know, the toughest matchup really for us is going to be on Tuesday. But you have Justin Verlander going. Nick Blackburn has. Pitched great this year. He's 7-3 right now. Um, the 4-3-6 ERA is a little too high. But nonetheless, he's had a pretty darn good year. And uh, Pavano's not doing the best. He's 6-9 and with a 4-5-5 ERA. Uh, him and Brad Penny should square off pretty equally. Um, like I was talking about with Liriano, uh, you know... He's got a 7.08 ERA for his last four starts, and he does not fare well against the Tigers. So uh, Porcello should rebound from that. Uh, I guess he's 2-0 after other, three, uh, after other three starts in which he lasted fewer than four innings. So when he has a really rough outing, he bounces back. What if he doesn't rebound, though? What if that, he doesn't? That's what
2: I'm saying. If he, if, you know, if he, if he struggles tonight, then he's going to be coming off two really tough starts in a row. He won't, and then he's pitching against Cleveland's and then ace on Sunday in a huge matchup.
1: Okay, so let's say Porcello does really good today, though. Then you start him. Then you start him on Sunday, you think? Yeah. Okay. So, but so yeah. So really, the you know the the fa- the factor for you is how Porcello looks tonight. Then
2: yeah, absolutely.
1: Okay, so Porfe- Porcello is your. Uh, the card that will decide what uh, Leland does. And uh, we'll see. Still, again, two-and-a-half game lead here for the Detroit Tigers. No one said it's going to be easy. It's never easy to win a division, not in baseball. It's not easy at all, and uh, it's going to be a dogfight the rest of the way. 42 games left, a lot of games left against our division. The only non-divisional games we will be playing is a series against Oakland, a series against Tampa Bay, and another series against Baltimore. The rest of the series for the Detroit Tigers is against our division. So it should be very interesting to see how the rest of the way. I mean, like I said, not a lot of games left, so it's going to be a great finish again. The Tigers are going right now and, uh, let's get to a new addition to the Detroit Tigers, which I kind of find this. I mean, I like it, but I find it funny. Um, um, the Tigers have added another bat uh, to the ball club. Uh, the Tigers announced Monday afternoon that they've acquired left fielder Delman Young from the Minnesota Twins. And they will uh, send left-handed pitcher Cole Nelson and player to be named to the Twins. Uh, so that, who's, that is who the Twins will get for Delman Young. And that Detroit has also optioned infielder Will Rhymes to Toledo to make room for Delman Young. Um, it's quite interesting to see a guy be traded within the division when you're about to start a series against that team now Delman Young had a MVP year last season he batted 298 21 home runs career high for him 112 RBIs and he finished 10th in the MVP voting Um, Delman Young had a great great season last year Um, hasn't been as productive this season batting 266 four home runs 32 RBIs in 84 games he has been on the DL a little bit, but since June 1st, he has batted .302. Um, you know, a guy who is, you know, he's quite good in the outfield, and like I said last season, had a great, great career season. Now, Blake, Delman Young, what do you think of this pickup?
2: Um, it's all right. I'm not, I'm not over-enthusiastic about it for any reason. I mean, our, our, he does play a lot of right field, which helps because our center field and left field with Bosch and Jackson are really good defensively. Mags pretty much struggles. Yep, he's subpar to say the least in right field. Although, but, but my thing is we have Dirks already who can sub in, so I don't think he'll be that much of a help in the outfield. But hopefully he can start swinging the bat,
1: start swinging the bat a little bit better. And I think that's what it was for. I don't think it was necessarily for yet, for the outfield. I think it was more for another bat. Uh, Maglio a guy I love. I've always loved this guy. Um, you know, great great hitter, great player, but he just hasn't been doing it. I know that injury. Really got to him, and he's never bounced back from it. He's betting 223 right now, and he's only betting 154 in August. Um, He finally got an extra base hit here, like uh, the other night on Saturday, but he hadn't had an extra base hit since July 31st. So, uh, you know, Mag's just really not getting it done, and when you're batting in the three spots so often, you need a guy who's going to be a little more consistent. So, I mean, Megan, do you think Delman Young is a good pickup here for the Tigers?
0: Uh, I mean, I've been looking as much as I can at him right now, and they're saying he, had, he hit 266 with 16 doubles, four home runs, and 32 IBIs in 84 games with the Twins. So, I mean, he does have a decent batting average. I don't see why we'd need him for the outfield like you guys were saying for any reason. I mean, they were saying Brendan Bosch is recovering from a sprained thumb or something. Yep. and. Um, we already have Jackson in center, which he's there most of the time. And then Ordonez, or we have like Dirks out there or something, you know, just throwing people out there. Uh, he just, yeah, he seems like he'll be a good bat rather than someone to toss out in, in, the, in, de- in the defense, I guess what I'm trying to say. I don't know. Uh-huh. And um, like you guys said, you know, Ordonez isn't where he's been. And yeah, I think, I think it's a decent pickup if we're talking about bats. As for defense, I don't see so much why as we need him. And I think that's mostly what they were talking about this article is mostly his offensive stuff.
1: No, definitely. I mean, his offense is good enough. Uh, you know, he does not bat for a lot of power this year at all, but batting two sixty six is not too bad. And, uh, you know, sometimes guys have off years after having a great season. And, again, he has dealt with some injury. Uh, the good thing about picking up Delman Young, when we did at least, um, is that <laughs> since we acquired him before August 31st, he will be eligible to play in the postseason, you know, of course, we need to make the postseason first, but uh, he would be eligible for that. Um, also, his salary uh, is going to be $5.375 million, and he'll be uh, eligible for salary arbitration this offseason. And uh, for a free agent after, he'll be a free agent after the 2012 season. So uh, I don't think we're paying him too much money necessarily. Not too bad. The guy we gave up, Cole Nelson, he was, uh, he's only 22. He was a 10th-round pick by the Tigers last year. Um, he had a 5-11 record with a 4.87 ERA in 26 games in Class A Lakeland this season, so...
2: Not giving up a lot.
1: Not giving up too much. I know they said there's another player to be mentioned, um, but really not too much. Yeah, not giving up too much, and like we already said for the outfield, Brendan Bosch, he did pinch hit last night with two outs in the bottom of the ni- uh, top of the ninth against the Orioles, but I don't think... He's, he's not playing today. Um, the lineup, actually, what they did is they moved Delman Young to the third spot. He'll be playing left field, and Ordonez will be batting seventh in his standard right field. So, uh, hopefully... Tigers can get a good win today. Um, The funny thing, the the funny quote basically uh, involving this trade was Delman Young thinking it was a prank. Uh, Delman Young did not know that this was actually what was going on. Um, You know, they said that he was uh, when he got to the clubhouse here, you know, he was walking around and they asked what he was doing there he said, quote, I kept saying to them, I've been traded, seriously, end quote. Um, and uh, the Twins D- GM uh, added, uh, quote, I found out driving in from the mall, and Bill S- Bill Smith, uh, Twins GM, called. He added, I thought it was a prank, end quote. So kind of funny um, and pretty interesting to see a guy who just got traded today actually in the lineup uh, okay. tonight, which is something you usually don't see. Cut down Um, on traveling costs.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Did you happen to read the Free Press article about him? No, I did not. Okay, well, I'm looking at it right now, and at the very bottom of it, it shows his infamous infamous moment in baseball from his minor league days. Okay. And what happened is he disagreed with a third strike call, and they tossed him out of the game, and he threw his bat at the umpire. (laughs) And I, while you were talking about it, I was watching and I was trying to stop myself from laughing because <laughs> it was sitting right on like the home plate, and all of a sudden the bat just comes flying in and just hit the hit the umpire. <laughs> that is pretty good. Yeah, you'd have to see it, but I don't know if anyone wants to look at it. It's the bottom of the free press article about him. <laughs> go ahead and head that way if you'd like. Good
1: old Delman. We'll see what Delman does for us again. I don't think we gave up much, like you mentioned, Blake. That's not too bad at all. And I think we do need extra bat. I mean, Carlos Sken, he's been he's put on the uh, he's got a sore wrist, so he's on the DL right now. Carlos Sken lives on the DL. Yes, um, it's see. what he does. He
0: has a sore wrist. I,
1: I, he's got a sore wrist, yeah. I mean, I, I really like Carlos Guillen. I really, really do like this guy. But unfortunately, he's batting 213 right now. And just he has not been able to get back to it. And he's one of the worst fielding second basemen in the league. Uh, since he's been back, he, he, uh, he's just not that great of a fielder. He can't, he doesn't have that with his knee surgery. He doesn't have great movement, movement left to right. And you've seen that in balls that have gotten by him that really shouldn't at times. So, uh, you know, he's been sent down with the sore left wrist. So we'll see how long he's down there. Like I said, the option will rhymes go down to Toledo to bring to make room for Delman Young. So we will see what goes on with that. But uh, real fast about Justin Verlander. Um, talking about a man who's a workhorse. I just want to give you some numbers on JV. JV right now he's first in the AL in wins. He has seventeen wins. He's seventeen and five. He's first in the AL in innings pitched. He's pitched one hundred and ninety-five. First in the AL in strikeouts with one hundred and ninety-six. Now he's second in the AL in ERA with a 235. Uh, Jared Weaver, the only one who has a better ERA than Justin. Um, looking at his whip, he's got the best whip in the AL, 0.87. Best win percentage, which I think is a very important stat when looking at a Cy Young candidate. He's got a 77 win percentage. That's very important. That means when he gets on the mound, we rarely lose. So that's great to see from a guy like JV, and he's second in the AL in complete games. Just lately, Jared Weaver just got tore apart the other day, giving up eight earned runs, giving up a grand slam to Lind the other day, so he really got torched. Sabathia also getting torched the other day, giving up five solo shots to the Rays for five home runs. Blake, looking at the Cy Young race like we have talked about before, is this, this is Justin Verlander's to lose, right? That's it.
2: Sabathia's getting rocked, Verlander's getting rocked. That game against uh, Sunday, or a week ago from Sunday, that both you and I were at, yeah, pretty much set the tone. Verlander dominant. Weaver pitched well, but those, that head-to-head win, I think, just put him put him in the front runner.
1: Nah, it really did. I mean, Megan, do you see any reason that if JV does not at least maintain numbers similar to this, given a you know around three-yard runs, four yard runs max, uh, a start? That, is there any reason that he should not win this Cy Young?
0: No, I don't. I don't see any reason. I mean, the only two would be CC and Weaver, but other than that, you know, they. But
1: the way they've been playing, yeah, lately. It hasn't been
0: fantastic. I've been arguing with the kid on and off about CC Sabathia. He's a big New York fan, and
1: so what's his argument for CC?
0: He has the best win uh, winning record in the AL or something. Like he doesn't most even wins. have that now. Yeah, he doesn't even have that. But he kept saying that, and I was like, "There's so much more than wins, you know, because you have to have your backup. You have wins is relievers. one of the least important
1: things in my opinion. I comes think so to too,
0: and you know, and I know attitude has nothing to do with it, but I think after that game with Weaver and Verlander, I think Weaver's done
1: mentally, just yeah. kind of uh, knocked around a little. Yeah,
0: he's just I don't I don't think he can recover from something like that. That was all over the day, the next week, that was all over.
1: Yeah, I mean, it really is. <laughs> so, I mean, in any way, what does Weaver or Sabathia have to do to in any way eclipse Verlander? Are they just hoping Verlander needs to like get torched like they have gotten torched these last couple outings, or He's, I mean, got, he's
2: got, yeah. He's got to lose him. Verlander's got to lose a couple times, and he's got to have a couple tough starts. But he hasn't had a tough start since the first game of the the second half mm-hmm. against Chicago. I mean, he's he's absolutely dealing. He's rolling. He goes eight innings just about
1: every game. Pretty much, guy. Yeah, yeah, the guy's the workhorse of this team. Like I said, I gave you all his numbers, um, and those numbers are phenomenal. Best uh, player in baseball. Mm-hmm. Yes, hands down, best player in baseball, and. Uh, just playing phenomenally, phenomenally. Uh, real fast, before we uh, do go to a break, I do uh, want to let you guys know uh, the Tigers actually did uh, sign a prized player. Uh, they signed Tyler Gibson, um, 18. He played uh, last year at the Stratford Academy in Macon, Georgia. He's six uh, 6'2", 175 pounds. He plays infield and the outfield. Uh, he's a left-handed hitter as well. Um, they, did, uh, they reported that he did take a physical Monday night, and he has signed for $525,000. He was in an early round projection, but slipped actually to the 15th round, and the Tigers scooped him up, and they have signed him. Uh, good, good thing they did, because uh, he almost took a scholarship with Georgia Tech. But um, from what we know, Tyler Gibson is supposed to really be a nice little fit here for the future of the Detroit Tigers. So uh, that's good to see there. I guess uh, the Tigers are also looking at a 6'6", 250-pound right-hander, Mitch Mormon. That's a big boy. Um, who uh, He's transferred from uh, Louisiana State, and he'll be el- eligible to pitch this year for Wichita State. So they're really looking to try to get this Mitch Mormon kid, 6'6", 250, jeez. It's another Sabathia roll. I mean, that is a big boy. I mean, <laughs> big man. Yeah, and you got Doug Fister at six eight, tallest Tigers pitcher we've ever had. Six eight. <laughs> That's big. He can play power forward in the NBA.
0: Yeah, no, I was gonna say he should have been a basketball player.
1: Maybe <laughs> he really could have. Pistons uh, could use him. Yeah, the Pistons could. Yeah, the Pistons <laughs> could use him. Very true. But that's a different topic for a different day. <laughs> but uh, we are gonna take a quick break here on the Spartan Sports Wrap. Uh, when we get back, we are gonna t- talk about the Detroit Lions, um, how they did, and I just want you guys to focus on this and you know think about it over the break. Is Indama Sue a dirty player? Um, he got uh, another personal foul on Friday for uh, a takedown uh, takedown of Andy Dalton. Just think about it. Is he is he a vicious player is he dirty or is he just an aggressive guy that kind of loses control at times phone number is 517-432-3893 you're listening to the spartan sports rap here on 88.9 wdbm east lansing
2: you're listening to impact exposure For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to The Impact Primetime, Prime Time. where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Tuesday nights from 8 until midnight, The Impact's Progressive Torch and Twang, torch and twang. brings you the best in alternative country and grassroots music.
0: Only on Impact Primetime. Prime Time. Now, back to
2: Impact Exposure.
1: Welcome back to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. Dave, Megan, and Blake here with you. About a half hour left, so let's get to it. Football is back. Yay. Yeah.
0: Who thought who, they would have been able to say that?
1: Who thought that we wouldn't even <laughs> lose one preseason football game? And we didn't. Uh, the, the Detroit Lions played their first preseason game of the season this Friday at home at Ford Field. Uh, 7.30 start time. They played the Cincinnati Bengals, who stink. Um, absolutely stink. Um, they beat them down 34 to three is your final. Um, absolutely, uh, they looked great out there. Um, the Lions really getting it done. 280 pass- passing yards, um, which really looked good. Stafford went six for seven. Um, you know, in his drive, which is great to see. Um, you know, his throwing arm really looked good out there, which was fantastic. Um, the one thing I guess you could say for the Lions was their rushing game was not that great. Um, they only had 70 rushing yards, which really is not going to get it done on 33 attempts as well. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's yeah. not a good average. Um, at all, so that would be the one thing I would take away from this Lions game that I think the Lions are going to need to work on. Of course, is more of the running game, but their passing game looked great. Whether it was Sean Hill, Drew Stanton, um, the Lions looked really good out there. Um, you know, just absolutely decimating uh, the Bengals. Great passes to Calvin Johnson for a touchdown. Nate Burleson had a great little tiptoe catch there on the right side of the uh, end zone. Really looking good. Um, you know, it was great to see that. Another thing, penalties. Lions do need to work on this. Seventy-four penalty. Uh, Seventy-four penalty yards. Six penalties, little more than I like to see. But uh, you know, real fast, Blake. Looking at this game, I mean, what did you take away from the Lions game here?
2: Oh, we look good. Offense was good. I mean, I'm impressed, but I don't get excited over preseason games. It was their, it was, it was their best practice of the year. Is what I'd say. Best 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 practice, best uh, just warm up. Best warm up.
1: Uh, Megan, what did you think of the Lions first preseason game here?
0: I I missed, I missed the game, Uh but I'm looking at the statistics. Like you said, penalties will kill you. After a while, especially during regular season games rather than preseason. Oh, yeah. And definitely our um, ground yards. Uh, rushing needs to be, you know, worked on. But I mean it's preseason, what do you got? Three more games. Work on it, get three better. More. And you know, can't say much from preseason, but for what you guys are saying and what I've seen, it looks like they're doing pretty well.
1: No. They definitely are. They look great in the first half. You know, you started off with a Calvin Johnson touchdown pass for 26 yards, which really looked good. Again, that great pass from Matt Stafford to Burleson in the first quarter as well. Um, You know, really looking good there. Here's something I want to talk about. Because, you know, Sean Hill, he had a 7-yard TD run and dove into the end zone. Now, a lot of people are saying, hey, wasn't that sweet? Wasn't that awesome with Sean Hill? Did he just dove, kind of looked like John Elway, diving into the end zone? It was stupid, okay? I'm sorry. It was stupid. It's a preseason game. You said that yourself, Blake. This is preseason. Don't be diving in the end zone like that. The guy can hurt himself. He could have broken his hand, broken his arm, tweaked something. It's not worth it, especially when you've already been beating down on this Cincinnati Bengals team. That's all I'm going to say is that I just think it's not smart. This is your backup quarterback. Of course, we don't want to have to think. Oh, yeah. Well, Matt Stafford will probably get injured, so we need Sean Hill. It's not that. It's that you need your backup, and Sean Hill is one of the best backups in the league. And I just think it was a little reckless to be doing a you know a, a, a whole flip into the end zone in a fir- in your first preseason football game of the season. I mean, any comments from either? I mean, do you think that? in yeah. any is that smart? No. I know people are all. Oh, isn't that cool? It's exciting. Yeah, this isn't week twelve. Yeah. This is preseason week one.
0: No, I I completely agree with you, especially with the injuries that we've had. Not even you look. You look at last season. He, he yeah. fractured
1: his forearm last and year. Yeah, and yeah, not mean, doing if, that, but if
0: you're looking at injuries even before preseason during practices, what if you had like four or five? The number like of majors? guys: Titus Young,
1: Nick Fairley. I mean, Bagus has been injured for a long time. I mean, Gosturcailus. I mean, you can go on and on with the guys that have been hurt.
0: It's dumb, and especially it's, preseason. It's a violent sport. Yeah, like. it, you're gonna get hurt, and it's easy to get hurt. And if you're gonna get hurt in some stupid like that, like if it was someone tackling you and you landed on your hand and you broke something like that's that's you know understandable i guess quote unquote not something we want to happen it happens though it's football it's contact sport but if you're doing some flip into the end zone being like oh look at me i'm cool i'm scoring a touchdown in the preseason game yay like you know that's that's really not not something if it's game 12 like I could, oh cool, you know. Of course. We're gonna game winner touchdown. Let's do a flip. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Like, why not? But you know, game one in preseason, no.
2: That's why preseason football is just so
1: stupid. <laughs> it is. It's so. It's the preseason thing in sports, football in is not for Sean Hill. Defining his role. We know his role. Mm-hmm. His role is backup. Preseason is defined. Your third and your fourth guys. Guys are going to be playing. You know, it's guys fighting for spots. Sean Hill has his spot. He's not fighting for any kind of, you know, role here. My, we- your first guys just. You know, get a few reps. Get, and a, get a few reps in, see how they look. Different defense. Yeah, get out there in actual real-time play, you know, the speed of the game, get back to that. But when it comes to, you know, a second-string quarterback doing something I just thought was reckless. And uh, I just don't think it's necessary. But um, real fast, I mean, I just want to hear what people think out there about the Lions' first preseason game. Uh, phone number's 517-432-3893. Now this is the real thing I want to get to when it comes to the Detroit Lions. Ndamukong got flagged for a personal uh, foul here in the game when he sacked Andy Dalton. And he didn't just sack him. He basically grabbed him and then threw him to the ground. And his helmet came flying off, and he basically landed on him. He went with him to the ground. Now, people have been wondering, after he had, he had four personal foul penalties last season, was fined two times. Um, now you're looking at this season, he'll probably have a fine for this Andy Dalton play. Is not Suh a dirty player? I want to go to you first, Megan. You I think we I think you can remember some of these plays last year, Jake Cutler. Mm-hmm. He got you know, fine they thought it was a forearm shiver, but I think he really pushed him. I don't think that was a personal foul. Mm-hmm. The other three, you know, he ripped Jake Delome's head off mm-hmm. in that one game against the Browns. Mm-hmm. Do you think Indomic is a dirty player?
0: I don't think he's a dirty player. I think just sometimes um, I don't want to defend him because I have watched this. The first time I watched it, I was like, yeah, that wasn't bad. And then, like, they zoomed in on it and showed him actually, like, grabbing him. Yeah, I could see that as a personal foul. It It really did look like he was trying to throw him to the ground. And land on him and be like, oh yeah, welcome to the NFL, huh? Like you know something like that. Uh-huh. But I don't think he's a dirty player. I think just a lot of the times, adrenaline and um you know, I need to sack this quarterback. I need to get to him as soon as I can. Like that's the only thing that they're thinking about. Yeah. And, and when they hear the whistle, they're not. It's not really you know kind of registering in their head. I think it's oh, I need to get to this guy still and get him down. Yes. I think with this play with the the Andy Dalton play, I think he could have just kind of like pushed him and that would have been it. That wouldn't have been a personal foul, but I think he was intentionally trying to throw him to the ground. Like I as I could see that as a personal foul. Do I think he's a dirty player? I don't. He has had some good hits. He is a big guy. Mm-hmm. It does happen. Um, you know, some things kinda get thrown out of proportion because he's a big guy. And they're like, Oh, he's doing this on purpose. He's trying to run people over. Um he I don't think he's dirty. I just think it's that adrenaline, and I think it's I need to get this guy, I'm defensive line, let's go. Like that kind of thing.
1: Uh-huh.
0: That's how I feel.
2: Blake, countering that though a little bit, if someone was doing that, I mean so say one of the in the third quarter, one of the Bengals DNs comes and just trashes Stafford, hurts his shoulder. Rips his of okay. them off, yeah, the helmet off, helmet. throws him to the ground. In that case, preseason, you just you just can't tolerate that. As so a, as, do you a think... homer, as a homer, I don't think he's I don't I don't think he's like intentionally going out there starting to the play, just like I wanna hurt this guy. Mm-hmm. Yes. But these guys gotta be able to control themselves. Again, preseason football. He's had the, He's been
0: this way, though, for a while. He has. He, he has. Is. And, you know, I think that's something he needs to work on, of course, because I, I don't think you can have a personal foul penalty every game from an Indomitian because after a while that would get old. With him, though, it is it is only every once in a while. It is isn't every game. And, you know, sometimes it can be misinterpreted, like you said. Like, they, they you thought it was a push. It wasn't an intentional, like, you know, I'm going to knock you over with my forearm, that kind of thing. But... I think yeah, there is a line, and had that happen later on, yeah, we'd be saying yeah, there's not, there shouldn't be something that should be happening in preseason. But I think it's just another one of those mentality things with him. He's a big guy, and he goes after people for a reason. And I think he was he was there for a purpose, and he was going to sack the quarterback. I think that's pretty much what it was. He is one big boy.
1: Is <laughs> and I mean, I don't think he's a dirty player. Um, This is the way he played in Nebraska. This is the type of player he is. And, uh, you know, the thing being is that, you know, this was Schwartz's rebuttal to basically him driving Dalton to the ground instead Mm -hmm. of like – because Dalton – he did not know He did not know if Dalton had gotten rid of the ball yet. Yeah, was well, Sue did not was not aware of that. And here's a quote from uh, Jim Schwartz, uh, head coach of Detroit Lions, s- speaking on that. He says, "quote It is tough. There's at least two different times that I've seen defensive linemen let the quarterback go when they still had the ball, and they wound up completing the pass." End quote. And uh, you know, Cruz, uh, Sue said, "You know, that he won't let this happen to him." He says, "quote I will never be in the position where it's should I or should I not? Either yeah. you do it or not." End quote. Um, the one thing I do think that Sue does need to worry about, I don't think he's a dirty player. I think like you said, he's a big boy. He's aggressive. I think that his sacks or his takedowns look more violent than they are because of his size and because of the way he plays the game. But what he needs to be wary of is becoming a fine machine in the NFL the league is going to start looking at him much more closely, giving him the Steelers treatment. Giving him the Steelers treatment, exactly, <laughs> and that's what you really start need to be wary of in a second season already. <clears throat> to have five personal foul penalties against you, being fined twice. Do you really? Do you think Blake that he's really got to start to watch himself, or the league is going to start to you know give him the germo- give him the Jerome Jerome Harrison yeah. effect?
2: Yeah. No, I mean he's got to watch himself. As I said, I, he, I mean, it's preseason and regular season for me are just totally different. Yeah regular season i wouldn't have a problem with that but preseason he's got the pretty much the half the battle is just getting these guys through the preseason yeah exactly that's all it is it's just g- getting off all, all all 100 guys in your roster through the preseason uninjured
1: and then so you can whittle it down to 53 and then for game time whittle it down to 45 or 40 i think it's 46 excuse me but uh no i think because okay. uh, an amazing player of course uh He's more aggressive. He's not a dirty, he's aggressive. I think there is <clears throat> there is a difference, but you need to be careful. we got to get Fairley out there, too. Yeah, Fairley's got to get the boot off. He's got the boot on. Uh, <sighs> he should be ready for the regular season, though, they keep saying, so that's great to hear. Uh, it does seem like Jeff Backus is making a decent recovery after his uh, pe- uh, pectoral muscle that he strained, so it looks like he should be getting out there again soon, which is really great to see. Um, I love Indomitka He's just... You gotta be careful. Again, I agree with you, Blake, in the fact it's preseason. There's no real reason for that. You're already winning handedly. Why? Andy Dalton, this little rookie out of TCU, he just comes in there, pff, <laughs> just just destroys him.
0: I think the way you said it though, with Schwartz though, it's like, yeah, like that's a different perspective to think of it. After you said that, I was like, oh, you know, that's kind of true too. You know, so many so many players have. Thought, oh no, they already threw the ball. We're good, and they completely But they just, but they
1: just had it tucked. They let them go, and then they, uh, they get a throw off their back foot. Maybe a, a, you know, just pitch the ball. Yeah, it's a
0: totally different way of looking at it. If you think about it,
1: it is. And and again, it's you know, I I think the great point is all you know. You always see these slow motion sacks, slow motion, whatever it might be, and it looks violent. Mm -hmm. When you see it in real time, it's a lot different, and it's. I don't think anyone can really, oh, you know, it's so. Well, he shouldn't do that. He shouldn't do that. Good luck getting out there on the field and in, uh, you know, split seconds, make decisions and have to do things. I think it's a lot easier said than done. As fans, to always say, "Why do that? You should have done this." You're playing in real game speed. Mm -hmm. It's tough, Mm -hmm. and I think it's a lot tougher. You know, you you can't be thinking about what you're going to do. You have to do it, and that's and that's what it is. You you know, guys are going to struggle in the NFL or any league if they're always thinking about their next move. They need to be just doing it, acting on instinct. Mm -hmm. But uh, we are. going to move on past the Lions. If anyone has any opinions on Indama mean, Suh and what he did and the Lions and how they're looking here in the preseason you can definitely call in still. 517-432-3893 The Lions will have uh, their second preseason game here this Friday uh, at the Cleveland Browns. Uh, game time will be 7.30 so it should be another Browns look good. Uh, yeah, 100%. It should be a pretty decent game. Yeah, yeah Not too bad at all.
2: Another practice.
1: Yeah, right. Another practice. But uh, we are going to move on to the PGA Championship. Uh, This was the final major of the year, the fourth major of the year here. And uh, Keegan Bradley, I don't think anyone knows that name, but they do now. Keegan Bradley is the winner of the PGA Championship. He won in a playoff, uh, three-hole playoff against Duffner. Uh, Duffner had the lead, uh, easily had the lead uh, by uh, by the 15th hole, but then bogeyed. Bogey, bogey, and Keegan Bradley, after triple bogey in the 15th, birdied, birdied, did okay. he birdied? Oh, par, he parred the 18th. Good call, parred the 18th. Now, since you are a golf guru, Blake, I'm going to give the reins to you real fast. Okay, this
2: Keegan Bradley guy, in my opinion, could win a few more majors. He shows some real poise. So he gets to the 15th hole, Down. he's either down one or two, hits a good shot, pulls it a little bit left, then that chip, he just got a nasty lie. T- uh huh. Just tried to hands it out of there, which everyone knows who plays golf, you can't hands, hands a downhill chip. So he, he <laughs> hits it in the water, goes back, makes a triple, and then comes back with a great birdie on 16 and probably one of the most clutch putts I've seen by someone not named Tiger Woods <laughs> in a major in quite a while on 17. And a good thirty-five bar.
1: foot uh, birdie putt. Yeah,
2: everyone who had hit that putt, I've been watching it all day. Everyone who had hit that putt on seventeen rolled it about seven to ten feet by, and um, Jason Dufner rolled it, had the same putt, rolled it seven to ten feet by, and then had the same putt again in the playoff on the seventeenth hole and ran it like fifteen feet by. Jeez. So that putt was so clutch, but Bradley's Bradley's poise down the last couple holes was was very impressive to me. And the the shot of the tournament was, other than that putt, he hit that. Uh, so they go to the first hole of the playoffs, 16, 17, and 18. These are three of the toughest holes, um, finishing holes this year in a major. So on 16, um, Duffner was behind, was, was away. So he hits the first shot. He hits his approach shot to the green and almost holes it out. Yeah, he did. Missed by about, so then he rolls it about five feet by. So he's got, it looks like an easy birdie putt. So pressure squarely right back onto uh, Keegan, and he absolutely stuffs it inside, inside Duffner. Even better shot. He, wait, just yeah. unbelievable. Puts it to about four feet from 180 yards away, and Bradley makes makes his putt after Duffner pulls his his little uh, his little downhill putt. Yeah, and after that, it was just. I think Keegan Keegan Bradley time.
1: Yeah, and he had just locked on, held on. Um, Keegan Bradley, um, you know, he becomes only the third player in at least, uh, you know, the third player in over 100 years to win a major in his first try, which is incredibly impressive. And the long putter. uh, With using a long putter and a belly putter.
2: Yep, and that was the first time that anyone's used a long putter and won a major.
1: Yeah, it is, and uh, that is very impressive. Uh, Keegan Bradley, a name no one knew before. I hope they uh, remember it. Um, He has moved up now to 29th in the world um, after winning this major, and he finally ends the drought for the Americans in majors by winning a major. There you go. Give it a hand. Yeah, USA. USA. Um, Phil, yeah, yeah,
0: you're saying it like you're foreign.
1: No, but in beer fest, they go, USA, 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 U-S-A. Um, but Phil Mickelson, um, he uh, was the last American to win a major in the 2010 Masters. So a uh, great job by Keegan Bradley, um, you know, really got it done. Um, you know, it was very, I was very impressed to see it. it was, It was a really exciting final, you know, I, from the 15th through the playoff. I think that was a really great um, stretch of golf there. And uh, the question I want to ask our listeners, and I want to ask both of you is, You know, Tiger Woods, of course, he got uh, cut on the second day on uh, Friday, ended with a plus 10. He was plus three on Friday, plus seven on Thursday. Um, Absolutely dreadful uh, performance. He was living in the bunkers. He was swimming in the water, Um, just did not play well. For you as a casual fan of golf, I know you're a huge fan of golf, so you're going to love golf regardless. But for you, and I think for, for all of our listeners, with Tiger Woods not being back, not being to Tiger form, is golf as exciting for you?
0: As a casual fan, I mean. As I a would...
1: casual fan, like watching it on Sunday or even watching it on Saturday, if you watch it all, like I was flip I, I was tuning in bits and pieces all weekend. And you know, does that lose any zest with Tiger not being in the field?
0: Of course, it will with some people.
1: Does it? Does it with you?
0: With me, I, I mean, I was always one of those people that was like, "How's Tiger doing? How's Tiger doing?" Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, um, just because Tiger has been around for so long you know, since he was since he was young, and he's been around. I mean. Ugh. Well, he won, it, well, he won the
1: Masters in 97, Yeah, and which was his first major.
0: Everyone knows when they think of golf, What's I mean, I know you're a big fan, but the first thing you think of when you think of golf is Tiger Woods. I think
1: big fan, little fan, you think of Tiger Woods. Yeah,
0: it's just, he's like, I guess you want to, I, I don't want to call it this, but like the face of golf, I guess almost oh, yeah. right now, especially Tiger PGA Tour, like video games, everything's named after Tiger. But that's such a dreadful performance. Like when I told him he, he would miss the championships by six strokes. I was, missed like, by a lot. I was like, oh God. Like really, it's and the, everyone has told me they're like Tiger's done. Tiger's done. I'm like he's still young, but well,
1: that that's the next question, and yeah. I want to go to you, Blake, for that. Is Tiger done? Um, do you? Th- I mean, Tiger, you're what thirty four, thirty five years old? Um, obviously, has not played well. I mean, he has finished fourth in the Masters and uh, finished fourth at was it the U.S. Open? Uh, no. Which I'm trying uh, trying to forget, but he's finished fourth in the last. It was like two, uh, like last year and this year, finished fourth in two separate majors. Um, do you think Tiger? will be back. Well, t- he's not gonna, he's not even scheduled to play in another tournament till November. Well, and he's yeah, because he didn't even because he, he, didn't qualify he didn't even for the you know, the
2: FedEx exactly. starting a couple couple weeks he didn't play enough events. But as a diehard golf
1: fan, seeing Tiger how he's been, he says he's 100% healthy, is Tiger done or is Tiger going to, you know, are we going to see Tiger win a major again? If he wins,
2: well, I'll say this way, if he wins one major, he's going to win five. But it, what it comes down to, he got through this year healthy he just doesn't have to play any more events. He needs to he needs to kick butt this in this off season. And if he can't win, 2012 is going to be huge for him because if he doesn't win a tournament then then he'll go 3 years with no with no tournament wins and at that point it's going to start to get scary. But the last 2 years he's been I mean, of course the emotional issues I'm sure are pretty devastating, but he has been hurt. And he and yeah. he really has been hurt. But he's got to get back to it. He's got to get back for golf if I mean I think about it this way, if if Tiger Woods was in this playoff and shot even par in the playoff, which Jason Duffner did, yeah. and Keegan Bradley shot one under to beat Tiger instead of Duffner. It would have been
1: one of the most amazing You're gonna
2: think yeah,
1: you're gonna yeah. think you're gonna think uh, Keegan Bradley is like the up and coming. He's E-neck the new Tiger guy. Woods. Exactly. Yeah. And I completely agree. I, I like I think Tiger golf needs Tiger. I, I completely believe that. Golf needs Tiger Woods. Good or bad, win or lose, they need him. And they need him better. They need, they actually, I think they need him more for winning's sake. Um, no matter what. I just believe the casual golf fan is not as intrigued when Tiger Woods is not playing in a tournament. Well, fans fans look at names, not scores. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, you
2: can see better golf. But people don't I mean, it doesn't matter. It the, doesn't matter. The, the you look at the golf, leaderboard, yeah. you see
1: Keegan Bradley, Duffner, um, don't know that guy, don't know that guy, don't know that guy. Oh, wait, Steve Stricker, okay, don't know that guy, don't yeah. know People are like, well, why do I care? No, I don't know don't any care. of these guys. You don't care. So, like, and that's the thing. For the casual fan, they don't give a crap. And that's why you really do need to have Tiger Woods come back. I think Tiger does bounce back. I think he does win a major here next year. Um, I think that
2: right, good. I really think he it. does.
1: I think that, you know, he is healthy, like you said, finally. And really, I think it's a mental thing with Tiger. I personally believe that he's not completely mentally gotten over everything that went down back that last Thanksgiving. You know, the whole being dragged through the mud, as he deserved to be, don't get me wrong. But with what happened with him, I don't think he's mentally recovered from it. And when you haven't played golf in that long, also dealing with injury, not having that confidence in yourself that I think Tiger has always had. And I don't see that anymore. And I think Tiger will get that back. Like you said, he's going to have a lot of time to focus on his game. You know, maintain. You know, keep his health up. Get. You know, keep in keep in shape. Practice more. I think you see Tiger Storm back next year. Golf will love it. I will love it. And hopefully, it happens.
0: And that was my next question for you guys: Was you saying he's physically healthy, but is he mentally healthy? I, I don't think he
1: No, I don't. It's, I really it's don't. Had a
0: couple years almost, but I, I think I think it's still affecting him because I think it's still on people's minds.
1: Of course, I mean, just not playing for that long. It just. I mean, was there a bigger story? around I mean that was huge biggest story for like two months for two months and then it just kept going kept going on and on and any major he would play in it would go you know just on and on and then you know he just he was not healthy as well and I I know trust me it's in any sport if you're not mentally there it's you're not going to play your best but I think in golf especially if you are not mentally prepared (laughs) good luck oh yeah I mean you tell me Blake you play golf like If you're mentally somewhere else, something's going on in your personal life, whatever it might be, you're losing confidence in yourself. I mean, that really has got to affect the golfer.
2: Oh, it absolutely does. And I was listening to some guy on the Golf Channel who's a golf psychologist. He (laughs) writes some books and stuff. And he was uh, was saying he he describes golf as 90% mental and 10% mental. So, that's what some Oh, you can say. excuse
0: me for a second, but I, I know. Got it.
2: That's what, But I'm saying, men, mentally, it's huge. But you can I blame ESPN for, like, half of that.
1: I blame I just, ESPN for a just, lot of things. They just... They just they, they, they love stabbing him. Tiger. Like, it was hilarious, because when he shot the, the plus three on Friday, you know, they were showing all of his highlights, right? And all they showed were his two double bogeys, and his <laughs> other bogey, and his other bogey. They didn't show his three birdies that he had. They didn't show... Some of the good shots from Tiger. Oh, Tiger's in the bunker again. Tiger's in the bunker again. Well, hey, listen. You can show Tiger making a few. Tiger had to have a couple good shots in there. I saw you. You see the line. He's got three birdies. <laughs> you're not showing any of that, ESPN. No, you're just, oh, Tiger sucks again. Like I mean, come on. Yeah. ESPN, the way they no, the way they do that kind of stuff really irritates me. But NASCAR, Megan, Woo. let's go.
0: All right, Watkins Glen. Hell of a good sour cream dips at the Glen. Like I told you guys last week, we had a pretty pretty nonchalant race but you know winner broken ankle won the race second yeah, win of the year. pretty cool we're a little over halfway done guys so uh let me tell you marcus ambrose first win of his career so another cool race this this week i actually watched a couple of the highlights because i did miss the race yesterday because of work um but i did watch some of the highlights today and we had some crashes the win was actually on a caution so, I mean, uh, cool, what a race, you know, what a win! Um, but we had a couple crashes, you know, um, we had Denny Hamlin go head-on into a guardrail. Um, he ended up finishing, uh, woo, he ended up finishing 36th. Um, 86 lap, Menard, he blew a tire. And then at the very uh-huh. last lap, second turn, Rudiman and Reagan. Um, Rudiman flipped after he ran into Reagan, Reagan went headfirst into a guardrail. Oof. Um, so we had some pretty interesting crashes throughout it. And uh, watching that flip, oh, my gosh, he flipped, like, twice, and then he slid on, on the top of his car just all the way down the track. Oof. And so I'm pretty, much, I'm pretty sure that's what the caution was from. Um, it was a pretty short race. It was two hours.
1: It was a pretty short well, Two hours
0: and 16 minutes. Compared to what I've told you guys before, they're like three hours, a little over three hours. Well, they're
1: usually long, long races.
0: And you get bored, I mean, but two hours, I probably could have sat there and watched it had I had the time. Um, Five cautions, three of them being because of these crashes. Mm -hmm. So um, next week is actually MIS for all you people. So we'll be in Michigan. I'll be there. So as I told you guys last week, I'll be able to give you first-hand experience I'm fifth row right at the beginning and the ending so i'll be right there
1: watch out for flying debris oh
0: gosh <laughs> that's have the nets but those don't always help <laughs> but yeah so that's that's nascar for you guys mis tailgating michigan i'll be there at 9 a.m because i was told i have to get there early yeah um so that's pretty much it. No, happened.
1: that should be good. And also, for anyone, uh, I, mean, I know there's not too many out around this area, but uh, for any of you Michigan fans out there, uh, Desmond Howard will be the Grand Marshal oh. for the race <laughs> at MIS. Oh, man. Um, uh, I guess MIS really loves Michigan because Lloyd Carr actually was just Grand Marshal back in June. Yeah. Oh, jeez. So, have you ever been to a NASCAR race? I never have. Is have it, you? Is, no.
0: I've been to, like, uh, the, um. oh, gosh, the ones that had the parachutes in the back. Where do they
1: Oh, like uh, top, oh. top Drag? Yeah, or... the drag races. I've yeah. been to like,
0: those, but I had never been to a NASCAR race. Okay. And the person I'm going with is a big NASCAR fan. So, um, no, but, you know, is this saying anything about U of M? I don't know. <laughs> what do they call them? The, the white trash of Michigan or Walmart? Yeah. Walmart, Walmart Wolverines. Walmart Wolverines.
1: Right. <laughs> Walmart Wolverines. Got a bunch of those back home. That's, yeah, going back home, it's always a trip uh, to go back there. Because all these people I know, a lot of my friends, they never went to Michigan. Not one of them. Not one of them. And they all love Michigan. I was Isn't getting. funny? Into, I was getting into an argument with three Michigan uh, uh, fans. You know, Some of them friends of mine. Some of them people I just had met that night. The Spartans were already 11 and 1 at this point, okay? They were 11 and 1. <laughs> oh. The season was over and they still were trying to tear down the season Michigan State had and oh, yeah. in some way make excuses for their season.
0: Oh yeah. It's like shut your mouth
1: this year. We need need one more win this year. I
0: argued with a kid from Central when I was at the Central Western game. He's like, Yeah, from Ann Arbor. My team's going to win it this year. I go, Yep. Just like you guys, you know, lost against us the other week. And he's like, Shut up. And he just like took off. And I was like, Well, at least that
1: guy's from Ann Arbor. (laughs) Or he maybe went to the school. No, he went to Central, he said. But yeah, he's from Ann Arbor. I just, you know, I'm from Sterling Heights. I'm from back on the east side of the state, close to Detroit. And you just find so many Walmart Wolverines, they are everywhere. (laughs) And I oh, everywhere, I don't know. and for no reason, no reason at all,
0: no reason at all. <laughs> have you it's ever like... been to that website? <laughs> have you ever looked at them? No, I haven't. Oh, the pictures are so great. You should I look bet at it's them great. <laughs> you
1: get some interesting characters at Walmart, <laughs> but no, I just I've always found it. Uh, I mean, I guess you do have to pick a side in a sense. But I guess if I was from back there and I never went to State or I never went to you know Michigan, I would just root for both teams. You know, I, I, no, I would. I would just, you know, I root for Michigan. I would root for Michigan State. And when they played each other, yeah, I'd pick a favorite. But overall, and even me still here, I root for Michigan when we don't play them. You know, basically, I mean, I'd like to see the Big Ten do well in general. And oh, that's yeah, the thing. Absolutely. Even hating Ohio State, if Ohio State's in a bowl game like they were against Arkansas, I'm, I'm root for Ohio State. Oh yeah, it's good for the conference. Why not? You know, how can you root for Ohio State? Because it's good for the conference, and you win a lot of money. And you get money. The conference gets money. (laughs) Conference gets money, and that's the important thing. So it's like you know, that's why it's like, calm down, people, real fast. This is the only game I'm gonna ask you guys about, and we we will definitely we're gonna have in two weeks from now, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to be having a Big Ten extravaganza special. The whole show will be college football, Big Ten. So uh, just mark it on your calendars if you feel like it. Two weeks from now, this money we're gonna have a whole Big Ten show. But right now. Michigan, Michigan State. I know we're all biased here. (laughs) But they play October uh, 15th, I believe it is. Yep. Um, Who do you think is going to win? Do you think it's going to be a real close game? Or, I mean, are you seeing kind of what we did last year when we went to the big house?
0: Oh, goodness. I I think we are going to win by a lot. Okay. We have a new coach. We have a new coach. Everyone's saying... You know, Shoeless is going to be back. He's a great quarterback, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm sorry, guys, no. Of
1: course, it's all about Shoeless Joe. No, it's not <laughs> Shoeless Joe, but. <laughs>
0: it's, and different- I, it's just, I, I think it's a rebuilding year for Michigan, especially with a new coach. You know, they're trying to get everything together. Mm-hmm. These past three years with the same coach, they've been Dreadful uh, Not defense. very good, yeah. Dreadful so, defense. I just, I just maybe not by a lot, but I see, I see us beating them by more than like a touchdown or a couple okay. touchdowns. Okay,
1: real fast, Blake, because uh, we'll, we got one more minute right before we get out.
2: Okay, if we lose this game, though, I think, I think we will win. But if we lose this game, I think the last three years are kind of a, a little bit of a wash uh-huh. because this would just put Michigan. Right back, right over us. In oh, yeah. one, it in would. One game. They get a new coach, big, and then they just leap. they, they yeah. just beat
1: us again. Yeah, I agree. It will they, be. They, they oh, would yeah. just. They, you know, they would just say. The, who, who
0: they who call the us the little coach. sister, and they're the Michael big brother.
1: Hart, Michael Hart calling us. Oh, you yeah. know, Rich Rodriguez, obviously. Rich you know, yeah, that's what I said, he's. But,
2: I mean, he, he lost to us three times, but if they beat us with if, the if new they come, come in with a new coach might, right away and beat us,
1: especially in our house, because this is at Spartan Stadium this year.
0: They throw running.
1: The Spartans could go one and eleven, just beat Michigan. Uh, um, you know, <laughs>
0: they, they thrive on being the winningest program in all of football. That's the one thing they have on everyone, and that's and what they they'll always it. say,
1: and that's what they'll always get to. Yeah. And we will talk a lot more about this in two weeks. Trust me, ladies and gentlemen. But we do. We are out of time tonight. Uh, Blake, I really want to thank you for coming on the show. Yep, it was a pleasure it. having you on. Um, thanks for all of our listeners for tuning in this evening. Uh, tune in next week, seven to eight again Monday night uh, for all of us here at the Spartan Sports Wrap. My name is Dave. I'm Megan. I'm Blake. And that's Blake. And you guys have a great night out there. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune
0: in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis.
1: Here and only here
2: on Impact 89FM.